Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I feel like we should be blowing a kazoo or a trumpet. Hang on a second. That's a good idea. It's episode 100 of Industry Tactics. Thank you to everyone for all of your support in getting us to these 100 episodes. I hope you're loving the journey as much as I am, talking to some of the uh, most interesting and inspiring outsider artists. And today, episode number 100 uh, stays true to that form, An episode, uh, a discussion I had with Neil Retke, Uneel, of this collaborative project, A Muffled Snore that we're about to put out on February 5th on all streaming platforms. It's a collaboration between Neil, who wrote many of the lyrics, David Sait, episode 99, and I. Uh, and uh, so we're thrilled to be putting that out, and this is my discussion with Uneel. If you want to listen back to any of the other episodes, you know where to find us. We're at FriendlyRich.com, and you can look at the back catalog of all other 100 episodes and subscribe and let us know what you're thinking. We're on Twitter at Industry Tactics. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and many more to come. This is episode 100 of Industry Tactics, my conversation with Neil Retke. Nice to see you. Or Likewise, almost, almost see you. Yeah, just through this, through here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how have you been? I'm holding steady. You know, it's a, a weird year for all of us, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to be Santa this year, a professional Santa, <laughs> if you can imagine. I know, the resemblance is shocking. Uh, but it, it was, it was an American company, mm -hmm. and they weren't ever really... Um, forthright with covid stuff mm -hmm. and it's part of this whole I'm, I'm sure you're aware of like this this new um subcontractor business model yeah which i'm not a fan of i've done it for some jobs yeah you know where they, it's, it's just it was a shitty situation and the upshot of it was i was going to be in peterborough but then they're like no you'd be in a etobicoke sequestered in a hotel for like a month oh god yeah yeah and just like i mean it was decent money but yeah. it's like oh some things matter more than that you know yeah yeah so yeah, kind of yeah. On the shortfall of that, but you know, 2020. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm well, man. All things considered, you know, um, health is there, and uh, yeah. yeah, and not having to move around too much, you know. So, so I'm 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 super thankful. Of yeah, my main thing is gratitude. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, 
I'm glad to be where I am. Glad I'm not in the States. You know, um, the money stuff is just always what it is. It's sometimes more intense and sometimes less intense. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But the main, the important stuff is kind of going good. So I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Good, good, yeah. good to hear. Good to hear and great perspective. And uh, you've never been Santa Claus before. Well, I've done it unprofessionally. My wife is a bit of a Christmas fetishist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I um, Since it's just us talking, I can tell you, I think my resemblance to the gentleman is one of the reasons I'm married. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, she loves it in, in a secular way. Uh, it's yeah. not like a religious thing. It's just okay. kind of uh, a symbol for things, I think. Yeah, and great. as far as fairy tales go, that's a good one, you know, to yep. believe in. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Exactly. Why not? Embrace yeah. He's a jolly old fella. I mean, he doesn't exactly. have he doesn't have too much baggage. I mean, uh, well, except you know. for the, you know, torso. Yeah, except for his actual bags. Uh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get, was, like, yeah. the, Go ahead. The the subtext like the Santa Santan Santa Satan, uh, I can't even say it, Satan. Uh the 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 whole like, you know, um pagan roots of it, all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, let's, hey, let's, let's do a deep dive into, into Santa, into, into your sure. life. Sure. Um, yeah, you're, you're originally from what you got roots in, did I read that correctly in Alaska? Yeah, that's my early life was in Alaska. Um, Whoa. Yeah, we were, my father was in the military okay. and, and that's the explanation for why we were up there. We were stationed yep. up there. Cool. So I was there until I was about five. Okay. Um, at which point we relocated to outside of Chicago, which is basically where I grew up. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. So you did, you yeah. traveled around on account of your, your father being a military man. In my, in my early life, that's true. And yeah. I think like, as it often does, your early life, gives you a lot of the passions you have later on. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I traveled a lot too. And I think that's kind of, uh, at least partially where my appreciation of it kind of crept in. And, um, and growing up in what suburbs of Chicago or right in, right. Yeah. In, yeah. Exactly. No, I was, it was not right downtown, very okay. suburban, every day, almost rural really during the time I grew up there, it kind of turned from rural to suburban. Okay. Um, what was your what was it like your 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 upbringing your youth apart from being pretty pretty transient from moving around a little bit um what was it like I overall wouldn't, i wouldn't even say that was a big part of it because yeah. the, the transient aspect of it ended by the time i was old enough to be affected by that okay got it got you it. know like um yeah. I, I think for kids like you know going into grade school which is pretty much by the time i'm in grade school we're settled there okay um, so I would say it was a fairly typical, um, you know, suburban upbringing. Uh, I was a, a weirdo from a young age, so I. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, you 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 beat me to it. So so sure, did, it, sure. did it come to you pretty young? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always drawing and stuff, and and um, love it, love it. I think I, I was reading an interesting thing just recently with um, the artist Kenny Scharf, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about during, and he's a, I think like a generation older than me, but I think this is true for, for my and our generation too, mm-hmm. is he had um, a thing with ladybugs, right? So he had like a ladybug collection out in the yard and he described his parents as being like aware that he was doing something in the yard, mm-hmm. but they weren't really aware of it beyond that. And I, I think that was very much my generation. Like the parents weren't 
involved in every aspect of the kid's life. The kids were kind of more autonomous. I think now like there's a lot more like family involvement. So I I think that, that shaped it a lot. We had kind of like come home when the streetlights are on. Yeah. Um, You know, I had a lot of autonomy as a youngster. I didn't have a lot of like micromanagement. Yeah. And I think that aspect of it really shaped uh, because although I was ostracized by my peers for being a weirdo, Mm -hmm. I think I was also allowed the autonomy, like, my own time and my own space and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. to really let that flourish, you know, oh, I love I it. Yeah. I love all of that. You know, that, you know, the whole, um, there was a meme going around a little while ago, like, um, what kind of a noise musician are you? And, 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 and we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But, but what kind of a weirdo were you as a kid? Like, I mean, there's many, almost a similar amount of variation. Hmm? I yeah. There, there's many strains and varieties, right. Yeah. Of, uh, of weirdo. What I was an you... indoor kid. Definitely. I wasn't very sporty. I grew okay. big young. And as is often the case with that, I was physically awkward. Okay. You know, I was big for my size. Okay. Like I, I was extra large my whole life basically. You know? Okay. Okay. And, and so I think that made me kind of, you know, at a young age, if you don't fit in because you literally stand out cause I'm head and shoulders above the other kids. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not good at sports, which also is standing out in a negative way. Okay. You know, there was that aspect to it. Um, okay. But as far as that goes, I was an indoor kid. So I think there was some solitariness due to that. But I, I'm not like a quiet person. And I've always had that. I'm, I'm a fairly gregarious, fairly social person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the main things I did in the weirdo sphere when I was younger was drawing. <laughs> I was really into like visual arts and cool. I would spend hours just reading and drawing i guess bookish would be the most um, okay accurate <laughs> no man uh, thanks that's a w- awesome answer and it gives us kind of a yeah. glimpse into the process know, yeah well the many ways and like our, our upbringings i find it so interesting and, and what was your what was your education like like what where did, where did you go to school how was it going into high school that whole bit Sure, sure. Uh, fairly typical. Again, I, I would say fairly typical public yeah. education school, public school education in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in till we went in from from grade school to middle school. I was actually very popular from middle school on into high school that reversed. And, oh, and the things that made me popular as a young person mm-hmm. um, kind of worked against me because I was a little too weird for high school you know, a little too exuberant, um, in ways that weren't quite, uh, acceptable at that point, you know, okay. et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, I think I have, um, a unique relationship with high school in that I'm typical. I think most people are like, they want to get the hell out of their hometown and get the hell away from their high school. But I have a number of friendships that I've developed during that time that are still active. You know, I see not like not like a reunion style friendships where you nod at each other 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it's not very often, but it still feels like we're very uh, close to each other. That's nice. And I think, yeah, it is nice. And I think it's relatively rare to have that unless you stay in the same town or you have like some other reason for being connected to these people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think high school was something that I wasn't. um it was a mixed bag, you know, in, in that sense, I wasn't entirely like, Oh man, this is great because there were um, a lot of provincial attitudes and small minded things that I was glad to leave behind. But having said that, I also had, I, 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 um, 
my alienation for art started there, which sounds like a bad thing, but it's not because I think that started my education in the sense that, um, a lot of the ways that I'm creative now led me to that as opposed to trying to be creative in ways that I don't think I ever would have been uh, very successful at or particularly successful at. Cool. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally. And that's, that's what I want to really, that's what I'm really interested in getting to here is, is the, when do you sort of figure out or how do you figure out um, that side of what you do and, um, I don't know who, who, who were you listening to back then? Like, when did you kind of figure it out? It's like, Oh, there's this other world and um, you know, and I fit into it and right. And and all of that, like that come in high school or, or after the tail end of high school, to be honest about it, because I graduated in 1984. Okay. And in the early eighties, I was heavily involved in mail art. And I can't tell you exactly where I found out about that, except that it was likely to have been through a zine, uh, which I would have got from Chicago. Like mm-hmm. at that point I was occasionally going down to shows in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, because you know, Chicago is, and always has been a fairly lively music place. And, um, sure. I probably picked up some kind of, you know, free press thing yeah. that was laying around and they got me into mail art basically. And mail art is basically, uh, I'm sure you somewhat familiar with it, but it's basically like pen pals, but you sp- send art stuff, and there's games and projects and stuff. Got it, that got it. Around. Yeah. And I found that that was wow. an insanely, insanely, there was a, a thing at the time called Fact Sheet 5. Okay. Um, which was basically like a compodium of all these various projects and, and reviews of various people's output and, and whatnot. Yep. And that, that just opened up a new world. I found out about art collectives and I found out about yeah. the underground. You know, that was my whole tape, tape culture. Okay. That was my, my doorway to countercultural shit. <laughs> right Basically. on, right on, right on. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you're asking like where the growth occurred. I think that was where a lot of the growth in that direction. Get, it get, gets you out of your town. Yeah. The, yeah. The town yeah. that you're from and opens the world up to you through the mail. That's right. What was that like? That, that, those, that was a lot more viable. You know? well, well, getting those packages, though, in the, those early days must have been such a a little dopamine hit, right? Like kind of oh, like yeah. getting a like or something on Instagram these days, I guess. Even more so. It's like a oh, magic. Because, you know, yeah. the stuff in there, you, you didn't know what you're getting. You literally didn't know what you were getting. Awesome. Um, which, which had a downside to it. Like <laughs> there were occasions that I received some very objectionable material. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was part of the baggage of it, you know, the good and the bad. That's cool. Because you know, like, you're open to the world and the world throws a lot of different things in there. Yeah. And by, by objectionable, I mean, we received some, some bad pornography. And okay. it was, oh, you know, shit. You know, shit. Just to clarify, you know. Okay. And it's just like, we Not didn't know. Like, a, like I used to ma- mail people Velveeta cheese slices. Like that would have been. <laughs> yeah. That's would, objectionable in a different way. We would have been, been good pen pals back in the day then. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then no, no, that that's where we draw the line, though. Um, yeah. So it, okay. So how many of these pen pals would you have had going in your prime? Oh, uh, probably around a hundred. You know, Holy like just because your zines and projects and stuff like that. I that would is go so at, exciting. At, it was totally exciting. At my peak of that, I would go to the post office every day and receive like a handful of mail and yeah. send out a handful of mail. Yeah. And uh, I, I, the intensity to which I apply my uh, music stuff now, I was doing that even more so 
you know, because I had youth and vigor at my side, yeah, <laughs> no yeah, obligations yeah. and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, even more so, I was involved in the male art stuff. Uh, I, I tell you this because I think you'll appreciate this. There was this uh, movement that came up, which was the idea of the art strike. Um, mm. To paraphrase it in a very simplistic way, basically, like if you're a real artist, you're going to go on strike because, you know, our, our corporate art sucks, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so anyone that's not on the art strike is some kind of corporate hack or yeah. money artist or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man, did that fuck with me? You know, like that was kind of... Because I, I think as a young person, you want to change the world and you have like the delusions of grandeur that come with youth and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that whole philosophical dilemma, which ultimately meant nothing outside of that, uh, you know, particular mm -hmm. genre, subculture, mm -hmm. it, it, it just messed with me. But to you, was, to you, it meant the world, I bet. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, that was like one of the most important. If I'm wrong about this, my name will be erased from history. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but that, hey, I'm glad I am, you know, nice to get that hard about something you know yeah, a lot man. of stuff yep. is soft now you know yep yep and uh and and oh man there's so much there though eh? the beauty of um yeah. uh, of these hundred pen pals and those relationships and that that it really is community building at such a unique level because it's Absolutely. you know it's it's not literally it's not physical community at that point it, it stretches it's it's literally what the internet becomes right it's yeah. it's, it's metaphysical community. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And I and, think that's yeah. one of the first ways I really connected with you because I sense that that's a very strong impulse yourself, like that DIY community. Oh, thing. fuck. Yeah. That's Absolutely. the most rewarding part of this whole process. Absolutely. It resonates yeah. completely. And I think like to your to your, um, you know, good, good, bad and ugly of what you were getting content wise. I really love yeah. the um, uh, I really love how that helped shape you. Um yeah, I mean, so so you 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 come out of high school with this community around you, and yeah. and where do you where do you go from there? Like, how do you become uneal? <laughs> well, it was it was a long process. I, I went mm -hmm. to a little bit of college. I was trying, you know, to find myself, to appease my parents, and to you know make my way in life, if you will. And and it just wasn't happening through college. I went off and on through college. I didn't have enough of a passion for any specific thing um, that it made me really lean into that. Uh, my desires of my parents was that I do something business related, mm -hmm. but they didn't have enough of a, um, you know, idea of where I was with things to give me any real direction on that. Mm -hmm. I was off and on in college. It was a squandered opportunity basically, you know, because of youth. But I, I, I think a lot of things that came out of that, two things relevant here mm -hmm. is that got me into playing live music because mm -hmm. i met some friends down there and and as where, where, where is down there and oh, down there yeah yeah it's uh carbondale illinois so i'm going from chicago illinois down okay. to southern illinois okay um i will still say this beautiful great area i love that area very much it's cool. a magnificent area cool. and it was at the time a bit of a hub a cultural hot spot for uh punk shows right. and so a lot of people were traveling down there and i would say this was a very informative uh time for me because there was a place there called the lost cross house which was a hub for uh touring punk activity and uh, also awesome. a hub for local weirdos you know okay. like we all kind of gravitated there yeah and i think that combined with the mail art stuff because yeah. it, it was really diy with the punk stuff too it, it doubled down. Like I've, I've always been like, ah, oh, punk's okay. You know, I mean, yeah. but, but I've never been like a punker in that sense. 
I yeah. like the energy, but don't necessarily care for the yeah. rest of it. Yeah, but you are a punk uh, in my yeah, definition heart, of it. At heart, I feel. I mean, yeah. so that's your that's for me that also like that feels like it's your education i'm always interested to hear yeah. where people go and it's like whether it's formal or the lost cross house uh a, a nice a strong dose of that with this male art community all of a sudden you start to take shape of yeah. who you are and understand yourself absolutely and and my education started at failing an education yeah you know? amen and, and, and it, the other aspect is it kind of ties into what we're talking about earlier. That was the start of me really starting to travel because there was a period from uh, basically 84 mm-hmm. to about um, 91, mm-hmm. 92, something like that, mm-hmm. where I'm just, I'm not spending much time anywhere. I'm just traveling a lot of different places. Wow. And that, it was great. Yeah, I really, that was a very enjoyable time. How you are know? you, how are you getting around? Driving. Um, right. I've always loved driving. A while, a while, I was a professional driver, and um, there's. I was. I, I'm, uh, assuming you might be familiar with Tatsuya Nakatani. He does a uh, percussion stuff. Yeah. Uh, he does a um, large uh, gong orchestra that travels around. But anyways, my point in talking about it is we were talking about the kind of meditative aspects yeah. of um, long distance travel, like driving. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Multi day trips. And oh whatnot. yeah, yeah. I love it. And, and I think you have, I mean, the, you have those chops, Neil, like you can, you can oh, yeah. do a long drive, eh? I'm less, I'm being honest about it. Yeah. Less so now. Oh, sure, but, sure, you know, sure. There was a time when like, oh, you got to drive three days to get there. Sign me up. You know, yeah. I, I got the time. That's, yeah. I got, I, I, and I think some people like, I, I, I prefer my own company in some ways, you know, like nice. some people are just, oh, I go nuts by myself. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I, I don't get bored. You know? Right, so, right, right, right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. And um, and it's meditative. I like that that comparison too, right? It's true. Yeah, you know, e- yeah. even driving professionally, like in a city, which is a lot less meditative, <laughs> it, it, it requires a certain mental discipline, I think, to not have it negatively affect you you done that too like cab work oh yeah oh yeah. wow I, well i drove a city bus in texas in austin for about 13 years oh man um, yeah yeah in in toronto i was driving um basically like seniors and people with dementia and whatnot oh, yeah. to their day appointments so it's like a, a yeah. shuttle for seniors and stuff but yep. you're also doing uh, daycare stuff and that was a lot of that was downtown toronto and that's not like a fun place to drive, you know, mm-hmm. but it is, but I always enjoyed it because it's just like, there's no, first of all, there's no office environment, which yeah. is fine. Yep. I, I don't care for it, you know, and you're out there in the world and yeah. like whatever the world has to offer, you're out there whiffing it. You're, you're, you're a, you're a people person. I, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I like being, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Except people suck, so it's yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta reckon, you gotta reconcile that. But I'm a some people person. <laughs> <laughs> well put for the win, for the win. Oh man, is you're you go all over then? So you you. Yeah. I've traveled a fair when way. I got to know you. It was like, oh, he, here's this kook from Texas. That's kind of yeah, how. Yeah. How I got introduced to you. So, so you had roots in you. You you eventually land in what Austin area and stay there for yep. a while. I was in Austin from two thousand one to um, two thousand fourteen. So okay. that's that's a, that's long a chunk. Time. Yeah, yeah, that's a and that, yeah. That's a great time to be in Austin. You know. Wow. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you you really saw it uh, bloom. 
And I saw it, not only that, but there's a very specific moment in time regarding noise mm-hmm. that it was just in a, I mean, I, a bit of a golden era for wow. like just what was going on with that. Wow. And I feel cool. lucky because I feel like I've been in a couple situations like that. Mm-hmm. And it's great to have happen. Um, being candid about that, I, I kind of feel sorry for people in Toronto because they seem like they're fixed in about 15 years ago or 20 years ago. There was some period of time yep. that was not too long ago, yep. but wasn't recently that there's a nostalgia for. And it's like, well, you still have all the components. Right. That can still happen. And that's very much happening here in in, in Peterborough. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's interesting to me, like, it just seems like these kind of come and go in cycles, you know, like the... Yep. the the, the fortunes and misfortunes of the subculture and, and performing arts and whatnot, you know, they kind of, they have their own life cycle. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool to pick up on that. And, um, yeah. and nice to see it with an eye that has seen some of these other, uh, sorry, lack of better language, seen some of these other scenes and witnessed yeah, yeah. them come up. Um, you're, you're comparing them. And, uh, and so, so yeah, what was that like? What was the Austin vibe like? And what did you learn? Like, how did you grow as an artist being immersed in it? Uh, I loved it, but it was nice in a sense because I saw um, a lot of what I didn't want in South by Southwest. Um, sure. It, it was great. I got to, I mean, I'm, I, I got my brag on a little bit because we we're just talking, but I, like, I got to hang out with Tony Conrad and Thurston oh, wow. Moore and wow. people like that. Yeah. And just, just just to pick the mind in 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 a casual way of people like that is is yeah. very uh, gratifying, right? You know, right, right. Um, you know, and, and they're all. I think everyone that came to South by Southwest, they're there to have a good time too. So I think they're more open to those kind of interactions and those kind of, um, you know, because we weren't. It was no no formal setting at all. We're just kind of hanging out in the parking lot. But even in that context, it was very illuminating. And, yeah. and, I, and I realized, you know, these people, it's just like to turn into those stature of performers is such a grind, is such a um, a chore, a burden. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. it's fantastic because I, I, I'm a fan, as as we all are, of people that rank like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it might be a different set for everyone, but I think everyone has their music heroes and idols and people that have achieved, uh, you know, certain recognition yep. in, in their area. Yeah. And, and, and I, it just like, you know, could, because it was such an industry thing, like mm-hmm. a meet and greet. Yeah. We really got a sense for what the mechanics of it actually were away from the, the limelight, you know, away from like the, the polished that's cool. Version of That's it. cool. And it was cool. It was totally cool because you got to see, you know, at one point I kind of fancied getting involved in the music industry in a level beyond um, the, the way I am now. And that made me realize it's like, well, there's more. Don't think of it that way because there's more to it than than that, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where I learned that, I think, was at South by Southwest. It's just like, you know, if you want certain things in life, you pay for everything. And, and we look at these kind of gilded uh, persons as not having paid for that. And it's like, Oh, they, they, they pay for it, you know, yeah. and they're paying for it in ways that I think aren't evident to people that aren't in that position. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much sense that makes, but it was a very, it was a very good like growing and learning experience just being in that environment, especially cause like I say, I was driving a bus down there. Yeah. And so also I professionally was dealing with these crowds, like 
uh-huh. all the time. And and it, it I don't know, it was, it was a hoot. Oh man, and you got to perform in that festival uh, a few times, or what? How did that? How did that go? Well, you know, oddly enough, this is a funny thing. Yeah. I did not return to performing until 2011. Okay. Um, okay. So for the bulk of my time in Texas, I wasn't doing anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. I would say that during the entire time since college, I was paying a lot of attention to music. Yep. But there was a long period of time where I like I wasn't even really doing jamming stuff like in the basement or whatever. I was focusing on on other things. Okay. Mainly traveling, mainly, you know, typical youthful shit. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) yeah, Trying to get laid, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I was also just like, um, it it just wasn't I didn't need to, you know, it wasn't the time for it. Um, I think it was partially the fact that this was this thriving scene in Texas that mm. like, I got to get in. I, I I need some of that for me, you know, like I oh. got to get in on this because I did see it expanding in a more like underground or more like, you know, that felt familiar to me from the punk stuff and from the male art stuff. It's like, ah, this is my vibe. This and, is my, and what happens in 2011 that, that pushes you there. Very specific thing. Uh, we referenced the lost cross earlier. Yeah. And um, that was a uh, reunion in 2011 for 30 years of um a venue okay punk ha- which is not just a venue a punk house which is amazing because yeah. yeah. it's never been legally recognized right right one of the things that i had happened dozens of times when i was there during college was cops would show up and yeah. either break up the party or arrest whoever's playing or yeah, just yeah, 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 some yeah. pop shit would happen which is oh very punk but right. kind of annoying right um you know so, so to me it's 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 astonishing that it existed that long because now at this yeah. point the uh, you know senior members like me they're on city council down there so like there's people it has uh, it, it when the 30 year reunion had like a, 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 a block party like yeah. the, it was signed off it was sanctioned the city okay. the, a bar downtown had a, an adjacent show it was this whole thing and, and to me that's amazing isn't that like, nice like it's funny yeah, that like yeah. time will do that it's like okay now we're on the city council and we're actually going to make it formal which is exactly. after 30 years great you know yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of ties into what I'm saying, like the life cycle of all this, you know, mm-hmm. I went from being this kind of snot nosed punk kid to being a, you know, more respectable, less snot nosed <laughs> middle aged punk adult, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. that got me. So uh, um, backing up just a second yeah. in, in um, preparation for that, me and a good friend of mine from Seattle, we're like, well, let's start a band. Um, you know, this is like uh, earlier in 2011. Yeah. And it started out as just a duo of two of us and we weren't really thinking much of it, but, but as these things happen, it actually became like a functioning uh, gigging band, which was, you know, the first band I was in since college, mm-hmm. um, which would be, uh, that was Pan, 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 Avian Distress Call. Nice. And, oh, so yeah, it's a great name. It's a mouthful. I love band names that nobody can remember. What the fuck is that? Love that. Um, but the thing about it is, Rich, we, we, we practiced. Yeah. We had one, what, our most prolific night was we had three shows in one night, which is just. Yeah, long. baby. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. You know, but it was, it was that kind of thing. Like every week we practice, we yep. play, you know, at the height several times a month. Okay. And, and there's something about when you're just steadily doing something. Sure. That just, you don't have to think about it. You, yep. you know exactly what this is. You yeah, got yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. knows their part, you know. Yeah. And even though for me, if you ask, we had four band members. 
every one of them would have said a different kind of band. <laughs> right. Oh, we're in a you know prog rock band. Oh no, we're yeah. you know yeah. But but for me, it's always about improv. What was, the, what was the name of that outfit? The the twenty eleven one. Oh, uh, the the one for the reunion was yeah. hippies with guns, which again, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I love my my band name game. Jesus. I think I've been very fortunate to y- be. Hey, listen, little- I'm looking for a band name. I might offline just um commission you. You those are two great <laughs> band names: Pan 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 Avian Distress Call and what? Yeah. Hippies with guns. guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we'll talk offline but okay two for oh, yeah, two yeah. two for two i i'm my radar is up i'm like there's a well here this is good um so so that so you do that that's a, that's a reunion kind of thing but it, yeah, that was a reunion because a project I, happens I, from it yeah well yeah and and we i think we all really enjoyed um the experience of the reunion there's a, cool. you know snaps of documentation out there but basically it was as good as it sounds. We were in a vineyard in Southern Illinois. Where most of the people over the course of a weekend were like camping. Most of the people there were on acid mm-hmm. and um, it was just beautiful. Like I say, that area is a beautiful, beautiful area to begin with. Yeah. They had like a, a overhead projector thing that they were broadcasting oh, this damn. show on the outside of the barn. <laughs> it's like Fuck. they were inside sounds the barn great. playing. Sounds oh, it's great. great. The only thing that concerned us was we have an angle grinder instrument that we use, right? Yeah. And at one point, this guy's got called the um, anti-tank uh, guitar. Okay. Um, and he's doing the metal the angle grinding with the sparks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. The thing is, though, we're in a literal barn. Yeah. So, and I'm hey. watching this. I, I see these sparks flying, and there's, like, uh, uh, cracks in the in, – because we're upstairs – and there's nothing but hay down there. Yeah. Like, Fuck, man, we're gonna <laughs> we're, uh, we're gonna set this place on it's fire. A, a literal barn burner. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It could have been a literal barn burner. <laughs> Wicked. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's Which that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So and that, that was yeah, that gets you back into it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You um. And not only that, that got me into it from the idea of like thinking I could do it beyond just yeah. my stuff and you know do the comps and do like festivals and all that sort of thing oh my god well fast forward nine ten years your band camp look up un eel on Bandcamp. a-n-e-e-l um and the comps that you put together the it you are touching on that earlier thing we talked about neil which is the um the male art kind of vibe in what you're you're putting out now and you've put out a lot of it like it's it, it goes all over yeah absolutely and that is uh very intentional I, okay I always, like the thing about mail art and, and we referenced that earlier is just the international aspect of it and the idea that there are no boundaries the idea that it could be anyone literally anyone from anywhere and um, nice yeah you know that that's something i really i've i've some of my most um like valued collaborations are people I've never met. And, hmm. um, you know, maybe I will meet them. Maybe mm-hmm. I won't, who mm-hmm. knows COVID changes everything, but, but I really, really have enjoyed not, not just the collaborating with them, but feel like I have gotten to know them in mm. the process. And it's nice having people like yourself that I know to an extent in real life, but there's also something that you can develop in the absence of that. And I yep. think that 2020, that's one thing we're all learning from 2020 sure. right? is is that the connection, nothing can hold us back, man. You know, that we can connect, we can punch through anything and, and make contact. Well, here, here. I, I believe that in my soul, you know, it's just like, 
Yeah. And I, I think we use what tools we can to get there, but um, that's always where we're going to end up. Amen. Uh, let, let's, let's take a breather here and play um, a track from your Brian Eno compilation that came out oh, last year. Thanks. Uh, what do you want to queue up? You want to queue up something? What's one? Of, what's something that stands out on that comp for you that we can start, play? Start with the opener. I'm going to say because that's a peppy little opener, and it, I think it. it uh, as Eno fans, this was always one of the riff heavy, um, you know, title track sort of things. Mm-hmm. I believe that's "Here Come the Warm Jets" by SVTR. If I'm not awesome. uh, erroneous in my remember, and that. Um, to me, uh, it is a, is a track that actually kind of encapsulates that period of Eno because it's very much a rocker, but it's got some dirt on it. Here it comes now. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, man. This is awesome. And that's like one of many um, uh, projects. Like how many, how many projects that would you say you've done over the last of these comp projects over the last uh, 10 years or so? I have actually a vague answer idea of this because I know it's oh somewhere boy. around 83. Holy now. cow, Neil. Holy cow. <laughs> and that is amazing. Is, yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I put a lot of work into that, but in all fairness, the people that are in the comps have put even more work into that yep. because some of these comps um, are very wide ranging. Not everything on that 83 is a, is a compilation, but yep. the bulk of it is. That's um, amazing. That's really cool, man. Really cool. I remember meeting you in a different time that show we shared with um, the Nyla Spasm Band and Retired. And that was my first glimpse of you performing. And it took me to a place. It was like immediately captivating. I was like, you felt like family. You felt like, you know, like just, just seeing you, hearing you. Um, yeah, the whole thing really, really blew me away. Like on first, you know, like first notes, it's just like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to have to reply, reply the compliment in kind because uh, right back at you, I, I was very much engaged. I, as you say, that was our first meeting mm-hmm. and I felt simpicado. You know, I felt the... Um, uh, mutual uh, similarities immediately and it was almost a physical impact so what what happened there was like th- then we're traveling through peterborough and i get this manila envelope from you let's get into our muffled snore project yeah, yeah. um you know these I, I will... mad scribblings from you i was like what the fuck is this I will say this on the night of the spasm band show immediately. I knew that I wanted to do that. I'm just like, oh. okay. I, I, I was like, I, I will give you some texts. Okay. And something will come of it. Right. I, I in fact, I think you, you entire... reached out shortly after that saying so like, Hey, this yeah, is, well, that night yeah. it was, it was just yeah. like a egg in my head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, immediately. Yeah. And, and um, the thing is for me, I, I feel like I'm a, um, hmm a person that uses a different process writing Mm -hmm. and writing is not as natural to me as a lot of other forms of expression are. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have some, some aptitude at it, but it's a different process for me. Okay. Um, More, more introspective, I guess would be the, as it is, I'm sure for everyone, Mm because you have to find Mm -hmm. the right words. 
but um, as far as this specific project goes, I, I kind of stalled on it. I didn't really think about it too much, which, which is also unusual to my process because okay. normally I, I like to overthink everything. Um, and I, I, I just, in the course of, I think, six <laughs> hours, something like that, it all just, it, it, it was wow. just like, I couldn't uh, stop it. <laughs> you know, it all like, okay, yeah. well, here it is. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, leave the fan on when I'm done. I'm yeah. gonna be in here. <laughs> I, I got the vibe that when we met at that uh, place in Peterborough, uh, the Garnet, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, when when you handed over that envelope, it was it, that packed envelope full of 12, 12 <laughs> different, ten or eleven different pieces, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I had a yeah. feeling that the ink was still wet on <laughs> on delivery. Like it just felt like. And that, and then reading it after, it's like I had that vibe that it was a a spurt of like yeah, yeah. your your brain, you know? Yeah, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, it was not. It was a little while before that, but not by yeah. much. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, um, well, let's get into it. We're gonna we're gonna play. Um, let's let's share. Uh, what's one of your favorite tracks from from the record? Let's 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 share a little bit. This is coming out shortly before our February fifth release of the full length release of the of a muffled snore. I am um, quite the fan of the title track, mm-hmm. but I have to say one of the things I'm enjoying is the way that we've been um, sequencing the tracks. And yeah. at this point, we have the Dainty Dandies in there as yeah. the um, as the opener, and and I think that uh, really draws you in. So I'm going to suggest that. Okay. Um, okay. I, Let's do it. Let's let's play the Dainty Dandies. Here it is. The Dainty Dandies of Dying Dust. Lavacious ladies living their lust. Crater and pole, cockle and eel. Oceans of wine and singing creole. Dancing on folded toes. The ringing of music, the tapping of facts. High above it all, the moon has a laugh a ruggle juggle juggle how you duty hoop hoo a smuttering of clapping laughter like a cough a lovely heirloom wedding gown torn apart by dogs yarn na da da pickle thunder sue plaid gong under ratabata kachoo Sing out loud with me, like just sitting on your knee. Tide will come in one day, you see. Get up, skirt, eat dessert, off to France. Bow, 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 forevermore. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, super cool to to bring this to life with you and David Sate. And this is the, you know, you were talking about it earlier. It's just like the the pivot projects and the way we've managed to stay connected and, and remain creative and artistic in difficult times. I think this is one of those projects that that I'm super thankful for on on so many levels, right? The human to human or or distant distantly sure, human, sure. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, all of it, you know, it's really beautiful to me. So uh, thank you for, you sparked the whole thing with this manila envelope. Thank you. And I, I would like to just uh, add a little, a little aside here mm-hmm. um, specific to David. Um, prior to this, my arc with him is I had met him at Array Space here yeah. in Toronto yeah. and um, was immediately struck by his composure in his compositions, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. he has a very, he has a very um, possessed bearing. And, and there was something about the physicality of him combined with his, he's, he's a very technically adept player, yeah. you know, um, was very striking to me. And, and a lot of times when you, you're dealing with musicians that have that deep chops, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily appreciate randomness and spontaneity in the way that I, can't help but manifest it but he was immediately very um engaged in what i was doing and i I think he understood what i was trying to do and as a result we made a connection at that uh, performance yeah and that connection led to me pairing him up with one of my collaborator guys Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. a guy named wilfried hanrath in germany Mm -hmm. uh which is a compilation which appears on one of the two volume or uh two halves compilations there i got it out nice um and 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 i was really i mean i i i i felt good pairing them up but i'm really glad that this came in the way that it did because it was you and david that kind of paired up doing this and i i yeah, was uh, yeah, yeah. after the fact aware of that right and i'm like that's great because i wanted that connection with him nice and yeah it's yeah. water going down a mountain you know it's interesting it takes these bends and these turns and yep. life throws some of it at you and you get splashed by a kid who's playing water splash yep and at the end of it it, it, it coalesces in a way that it was meant to no totally it, totally yeah you know and, and and this project i think for me i i share your gratitude I feel uh, very much the blessing of it, but I also think it's, it's coalescing in a way that almost was inevitable, you know, in, in that there were these other kind of threads or connections, you know, on my end mm-hmm. that are very much um, springing into life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you know? it, 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 um, it's neat. You say that, right? Because collaboration is such a unique, it's such an interesting thing to try to do. Um and and i think we've all learned a little bit more about that in in doing this you know doing this one i mean you you are a very collaborative person you have built a huge international community through your work in in um in 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 putting all of these projects together you know so i feel really lucky to 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 have a toe in that pool you know with with you and um I just want more of that. You know, I, I really admire yeah. it. I, it's almost as if you're like running this kind of weird label or something. I don't It's, it's, it's kind of hard to put a, to pin it, pin down what, what you do, yeah. you know, in your work. Um, I don't take it too hard. It's hard for me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and, it's and an that, insult to say it's a label, you know, it's more. Well, more not, yeah. It, that's not because I, and I get where you're coming from, yeah. you know, that, that, that is in fact kind of what it is. And, and also just like specific to that, I will tell you this. I've made the decision. I'm at 83 releases. After 100, I'm going to do something else. I don't know what. <laughs> it'll be something else. All and right. and that might be turning it into a proper label. It might not. Right. You know, and, and I guess that ties into like 
That's cool. It's always going into something. Everything's yeah. always evolving and changing. I would have to say I share my uh, gratitude for having the toe in your pool because I feel like you have a deep well. Uh, you know, Dave Clark, these guys you know here, um, amazing. It's an amazing and, – and, and I know um, you built that up, you know – uh, as I have during the mm-hmm. time that you've been participating in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think when you see the people that are drawn to these type of unintentional communities mm-hmm. or intentional communities, yeah, however yeah, you want to describe yeah, them, yeah. you can sense quality right away. You know, like you can sense the mutual respect and the quality because some, if they're built on like high school backstabbing or if they're built on like, mm-hmm. Oh, I want, you know, a payout or whatever, mm-hmm. that's pretty evident right away too. Right. And, and right. Not interesting to me. Hey, Mazel Tov! If that's what you want to do, go for it. Yep. But not, not my, not my teak. <laughs> you know. Uh, ag- agreed. And, and so, yeah, you as, feel like family part- in that regard too, and uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, so, are you at eighty three, including uh, a muffled snore, or does this make it eighty four? Well, that's part of the discussion we're still having because I think there's some ambiguity where exactly the band camp. Um, oh, here. I so see. This is- Specific to that band camp, so I'm thinking it might not be. Oh, but, so it's not a hundred releases. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, You're so beautiful. This eighty. Sure. This eight. This hundred comp project is that like hats off. I just think it's awesome, man. It's like that's a that's a body of work. That's a yeah. That's how I feel about it. Nice kind of you know. Yeah. Yeah. Bundle. Yeah. Um, any idea where you go with it after that, or are, is it still too early to tell in your process? It's still too early to tell. I mean, I know, I know it'll be something. Okay. Um, I'm not like hanging up anything. What, um, where are you at right now with like, we're early 2021. Where do you want to go with like, what are some of the projects you got cooking? I got three in the works right now. Mm-hmm. Um, specific to this. I have, um, at the end of December, there'll be a volume with a theme this time next year. Uh, because this time of year, we all get into our like, you know, New Year's resolutions. And yeah, yeah. Calendar shit. And to me, it's like, well, the, the, you know, if there's a year where that question is likely to re- produce interesting answers, the yeah. question being, you know, this time next year, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, got it. In it you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think that's <laughs> going to be a good one. Cool. And then I was talking earlier about the two halves. Uh, I think it's the end of February. There's another volume of the two halves, which is me assigning random duos, which is what the David and, and uh, Wilfried were part of. Mm-hmm. Those have always cool. turned out, you know, kind of special. So I'm happy to have those um, awesome. already locked in. Nothing else specific yet. So awesome, I'm, I'm also pretty happy about that. I mean, is- are are you, so you say that some of these connections back to the mail art bit and, sure. and model, I'm fascinated by it. Are you, some of these connections are people you've never met before. How far um, spanning is it? Like I see you, you're very active on the Facebook weird what is it? What is that world uh, that you're in on Facebook? Some of the groups that you're in on Facebook to attract our listeners. Oh, there's Weird Toronto. There's um, Ham Fugi, uh, um, Friends of Sound and Noise. That's the one. Friends of Sound and Noise is 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 yeah, what I yeah. see you very active on. And what I love about yeah. it, Neil, is like that is that mail art community just rethought. And are you? Are I mean? Uh, are you? Um, how far spanning is it? Is it like you mentioned Germany? Like, I, I mean, how, I don't know, just how big is this community for you? 
Well, let me let me uh, give just as a couple for instances. Um, there's an interview series going on right now. Um, Cien Obre mm-hmm. uh, is the name of the uh, you know individual running it, and okay. it's more focused on like goth and dark wave and that sort of thing. But they've been interview. I was one of the interviewees in there, and okay. my point in mentioning it is they're Chilean. So here we have uh, you you know, South America represented. There you go. Um, basically, anywhere with an internet connection. I've had a lot of European people I work with. One of my most uh, frequent collaborator, collaborators is a Ukrainian guy. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it, it just, it's, it's great because even though we're physically, especially this year, yeah. isolated from each other, we have this amazing, we all bitch about Facebook and we moan about the internet, blah, blah, blah. Yep. It's an amazing tool. It, 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 it is. Go outweigh the cons, you know? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and to me, um, you know, imagine a pandemic without this. I, you know? I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. stop thank, being thankful for it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I just yeah. keep going back to the hundred years ago where they didn't have it and how the hell, how isolating that must have, must have been, you know? Yeah. You can understand why people, I mean, I feel like it's Armageddon already. Yeah. You can understand you how imagine? in the absence of that, yeah, 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 that that yeah. would feel like that yeah, because man. you don't yeah. have the ray of light, you know, and the thing about the internet is, Hey, there's a ray of light on the internet somewhere. I like you know, this. I like this. Yeah. 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 No, we're going to shine a light on that. Like, I, I mean, God knows there's enough of the other bullshit to, uh, to, to, to complain about, but I, I really do want to be thankful for that. And uh, I like the fact that you are there as well. Sure. Uh, you, you, where positivity is very important. Uh, hey, here, here. So, so, um, where was I going with that? You, you, um, so, so how do you know, um, I see that you're pretty well connected with Frank Powell from, uh, Michigan, oh. right? Yes. yes. How, how do you connect with him? Well, that was, that was a glorious experience. The story of my connection with Frank Powell, first of all, um, it was in the mid eighties, I think when I was, comb- no, no, it couldn't have been the mid eighties. It was a little bit later than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was combing through a record store. I get my time. I got my clocks broken. Sorry. Uh, I was combing through a record store and I came through, um, uh, uh, uh album called only a mother that I, uh, yeah. saw the crazy album car yeah. cover car. And I listened to it. And to me, like, I still say this is still ahead of the time. Yeah, you know, this is bad that's time. good shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. It combines like country, roots music. And yet there's a very pronounced oddball underground vibe to all of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's beautific stuff. Right. And when I was first getting into doing the music stuff in 2011, one of my early projects was a series called Sasquatch. And one of the things I assigned myself, a task I assigned myself was like, I'm going to reach out. And back then it was easier than it is now, oddly enough. Hmm. I said, I'm going to reach out to some of my musical idols mm-hmm. and um, try and connect with them and see if they are interested. And I, I had a few that didn't respond. I had a few that were like, you know, thanks, but I'm too busy, which of course is a great response. You know, yep. thanks for taking the time to respond to me. Yep. But most importantly, I had... Uh, I've collaborated with three CCCM members now. Right, nice, nice, I've nice. I've collaborated with two members of Zenny Geva, which is one of the best bands that's ever. They're like they're like my Led Zeppelin. You oh, know, like, I don't know this I, band. How do you spell it? Oh, they're, they're Z E N I G E V A. Okay, it's I'll check them out. Oh my God! Thank you. Uh, heavy, heavy. St- oh, you're welcome. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus. Santa Claus just oh, delivered. <laughs> 
part of what I love about this is like, man, you know, if you can point the light on that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. And, you know, I feel that way about you. It's like I I, collaborations don't happen accidentally. So 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 you throw one out to Frank Paul and he responds. That's absolutely right. He's doing um, autonomic music. I don't know if I'm. Yeah. Correctly categorizing that now. Yes. But so he very graciously sent me several of these autonomon uh, sounds that he had been uh, working on. Yeah. And he trusted me. And this is this is another thing I love about these compilations: the trust that people have nice. with allowing you to play with their shit. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And I I I'll still point at that and smile because I think the results were great. Yeah. Um. He has subsequently. Uh, did a collaboration at I instigated a collaboration between him and Sam Bennett, mm-hmm. who's a New York guy who um, was in a band called Chunk and has done a lot of oh, underground cool. stuff as well. And they had been aware of each other for a long time, but this was their first collaboration. There you go. You're and I, I, I melted a little bit. I mean, like that to me was really, they did a. Fucking um, right, man. You're doing the good work. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You and really it, are. It was, it was a beautiful thing to be a part of that. Uh, coming to life you're a beautiful weirdo thank you well you know we do what we can <laughs> well um man i, I back at yeah i, I just want to say we're gonna wrap it up but i want to um i'm so excited for this february 5th release i'm amazed i i independent of working on it uh as a you know project that we're working on yeah i'll occasionally listen to it for just uh as a fan you know yeah, like man. just listen to it for pleasure i, I mean you know it's good to like things you're involved in, but I think we've created something that, that is um, special. A- amen. I'm very, very proud of it. What do you want to go out on? You want to play a track? Let's play one of the, the, the tunes to, to end it with. What do you want to end it with? You- well, let's, uh, we mentioned a muffled snore earlier. Let's, let's go with that. Okay, here it is, a muffled snore. Interestingly enough, um, David Sate is part one of this, um, of this experience, and you both picked the same two tunes fuck it you know what here <laughs> listen to the rest of it it comes out on february 5th this is uh the title track a muffled snore a muffled snore uh l- l- many of these lyrics written by our friend neil retke uh Un-Eel. and unless i'm uh, talking in which case richard did the penmanship oh boy oh boy exactly exactly so if you hear neil's voice i pen those words that's right that's a good way to go about it so it comes out february 5th um and check it out on Bandcamp and on all streaming sites a muffled snore thanks neil you're very welcome we'll see you all there and if you meet us on the front yard i'll have a drink for you oh damn yeah sounds good doesn't it hang on
A Muffled Snore, the title track from our full-length release, a collaboration with Neil Retke, David Sait, and myself, coming out on February the 5th. You can get that at my band camp. Go to FriendlyRich.com for more information about this collaborative release. And to learn more, uh, you know, brought to you by the number 100, right? We talked about 100 years ago. We talked about the 100 releases of An Eel to learn more about his uh, very deep and prolific project, go to, uh, write this down, Pan 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 Avian Distress Call on bandcamp.bandcamp.com to get into Neil's body of work. Thanks again, Neil, for opening up and and sharing a lot of your background and career, uh, connecting great people and making wonderful art. Male art. You gotta love it. Anyway, we'll see you again soon on Industry Tactics. Thank you so much. Bye for now.